I'm going to read some words now from uh, John. If you want to follow along, uh, it's John chapter 1, first bit. Um, and then I'm going to skip to John chapter 3. So John 1, starting at verse, I don't know, 29. Stay there. John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Then we're going to move across to John chapter 3 and verse 22. This is John testifying again about Jesus. So verse 22, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptised. Now John also was baptising at Enon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptised. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, He's baptizing and everyone's going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. And it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. May God bless the reading of his word. Father, I just pray that as I bring this message, that it might be the right one. That it might be your words that people hear and respond to. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in every, well, let's say almost every field of human endeavour, it's expected that you 
make every effort to, to move upwards, right? Up to higher levels of achievement, up to uh, higher levels of standing, of status, to get more money, to, to get more stuff. So in the worlds of work and <laughs> academia and sport, the desired direction is always upwards. You think about that. Well, I'll pick that a bit more. People are expected to want promotion in work, aren't they? Some people don't want it, but most people do. You're expected to kind of put yourself forward and big yourself up, make an impression on people, win friends and influence people, so that you get recognised. And we start this at a really young age. I was uh, this week interviewing at school um, potential prefects for, for year 11. So these are 14-year-olds. They're in year 10 at the moment. They're hoping to be prefects next year. And these are 14-year-olds that are bigging themselves up. They've had to write an application. They've had to write a CV. And they're picking out all of the things that make them look good. So we can't, this is sort of ingrained in us in an early age that we're, we're supposed to kind of make ourselves look more, to get more. If you're a teacher in a school, you're expected to want to, promote, to be promoted. You're expected to want to, to, to get to the next level, to be a subject leader or a faculty leader or to get onto senior leadership team, to be a head teacher ultimately. And, and if you don't want that, you kind of get, mm, people look at you a bit funny, to be honest. I've been in that situation, looking at people I've wanted to promote, but they're just not interested. And you're thinking, you're really good, come on, but they just don't want to. So I'm guilty completely of falling into this pattern of wanting upward trajectory all the time. Arsenal, if I can mention that word, because I, I kind of like Arsenal. I'm not passionate about Arsenal, but they're kind of my team if I have to, uh, to support anybody. They've done really well this year, haven't they? At top of the league, just about. They were doing fine until Manchester City cream them on Tuesday, but there you go. 23 wins, four losses, that's it. 75 points, still top of the league. So look, they're going to play in Europe next year, that's good. But are they going to win the league? I don't know, probably not now. Um, but they've done really well by any measure. But next year, what happens if they have a really bad start and they lose kind of six or seven games on the trot? It can happen, can't it? We all know that. What's going to happen then? Well, the manager will be sacked, won't he? And, and, you know, people will be dropped and, oh, it will be chaos. You're expected to do better the next time, aren't you, always? The direction of the world seems to point upwards all the time. And, and our vocabulary that we use follows that <laughs> same path. We talk about achievement. We talk about promotion, progress development, increase, advancement, elevation, upgrade. I, I'm totally fed up, to be honest, with the number of calls I get about upgrading my broadband. <laughs> my broadband's fine, it works. I don't need it upgraded to something that is even faster. When you, when you do a Google search, it says, you know, 500,000 sites found in 0.0 three of a second or something. That's fast enough, isn't it? 
I can't read that quick anyway, so we're fine. So I don't want to be upgraded all the time. I don't need a new phone. Don't need new broadband. Don't need a new car. It is very pervasive, this kind of, uh, this upward thing. And to the point where we have terms for people that, that are not moving upwards. We, 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 we're not making this kind of steady and consistent upgrade all the time. We call them underachievers, low performers, unproductive. It's terrible. And, you know, sometimes because this desire for the world to see things move upwards all the time, people take things into their own hands and kind of cheat the system a bit. I was recently reading about, some of you remember, um, uh, uh, an American athlete called uh, Marion Jones. She was a fantastic sprinter. Um, and in the Sydney Olympics of 2000, she won five medals, three golds and two bronzes. And everyone kind of was a bit suspicious that she might have been kind of taking things that she wasn't supposed to take. But she persisted and she said, no, I didn't do it. Uh, her test came back negative. And so for 20 odd years, she had these records, she had these medals. She just recently come out and said, no, I did take in, um, performance enhancing drugs because winning's the only thing that matters. And um, I kind of was guilty of that, she said, and I, I'm sorry, but I took stimulants. And so she's had to give her medals back. The records have been expunged from her with her name. The bad thing is that one of the medals was a relay race, and, and so all the people that were in the relay race with her lost their medals as well. A bit unfortunate. But you'll notice my opening sentence said that in almost every field, there's an upward trajectory. But there's one area where the desired direction is actually downwards, where we want to be a bit smaller, less, more insignificant. And this is in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. So let's just listen to the following verses. And you, you, see, you see what they seem to be saying about the direction uh, that they're pointing. Mark 9, 34. He who would be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. Luke 18, verse 14. Whoever, um, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Can you see a trend going on here? Matthew 19 and verse 30. Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. It doesn't take long to realise that achievement and advancement in the kingdom of heaven uh, moves in a different direction from achievement and advancement in our world. The Lord seems to be pushing us in a different direction, doesn't he? He's challenging us in a different way to embrace humility over haughtiness, to embrace service um, to others over uh, service to ourselves, to, to embrace self-denial over self-gratification. 
and personal sacrifice over personal security. This is the direction that Jesus wants for his disciples. And we have a great example in John the Baptist, uh, who I just spoke about and, and read in those passages. In John 1, in that passage we read, John sees Jesus passing by and says to his disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Follow him. And uh, later in the John 3 passage, he says, I must decrease and he must increase, looking at Jesus. And these are the words which every disciple of Jesus should be willing to speak. And I think John was saying a couple of things to his disciples. I think he was saying, look, I've taught you all I can teach you. I've led you as far as I can lead you. And now it's time to follow the real person. And when Jesus began baptising in his own ministry, John wanted to make it clear that Jesus was the important one. Hence the words, I should decrease, he should increase. I should decrease, he should increase. Isn't that good advice for all of us as Jesus' disciples? That we can take advice and we should take advice from people. But we should make sure that we model ourselves ultimately on Jesus. When I was, uh, when I was young, another athletics example here, I wanted to be just like Daley Thompson. Who can remember Daley Thompson? Yeah. If you're of a certain age, Daley Thompson was the man. He was a deca you know, decathlete. He was butch. He was strong, but fast. He was amazing. Won an Olympic gold medal in decathlon in 1984. And I wanted to be just like him. As you can see, I didn't quite make that. <laughs> I've left my Olympic medal at home today, but it, I really wanted to be like him. I read everything there was to know about him. I really wanted to, to kind of, and you know, I was, I was a discus thrower at a very low level, um, sort of county level, briefly. And I, you know, I could have been a contender, but I, I, I was never a contender. But I really liked Davey Thompson, but he was a great decathlete, let's be honest. But Jesus is the Son of God. He's the way, the truth, the light, the door. There's no comparison between Daley Thompson and Jesus. So who are we modelling ourselves on? You know, it's great to have heroes. I'm not knocking that. But ultimately, we need to make sure we're modelling ourselves on the right person. And if we want to follow Jesus, we need to kind of follow his attitude and his mindset. So there's a passage in Philippians, um, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, which I'm just going to read out. So Philippians 2, 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, 
he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Yeah, we can all say amen to that, can't we? Now, if you look up the, the, the word for mindset, as it was translated there, some translations translate it as attitude. It's a Greek word, phroneos. And it really seeks to kind of get to the point of the essence of somebody. It gets translated as mindset, which is good. It doesn't quite get there. It, in, in Homeric Greek, Lots of people talk about the phroneos of a particular character as being the essence of the man. It's usually men. Um, but in biblical Greek, it's, it's kind of toned down a bit and it's, it's translated as mindset. But it's, it kind of, we, sh we should be getting into the mind of Jesus. We should be following his attitude, not just what he does, but everything about the man, the God that is Jesus. It's the way we think, the phroneos, the thought processes that we have. So let's just unpick that passage for, for a, a, sec, a second. So Jesus, what was his essence, his attitude, his phroneos? Well, it was to be co-equal with God. First of all, he was God. But he had the attitude, the mindset that when mankind needed redemption, he made himself nothing, it says. So look, he gave up his eternal position in heaven to enter into the time and space limited condition of human existence. He gave up glory to share our grief and sorrow. That's his attitude. That's his phrenaeus. He took on sin to enable our sins to be forgiven. That's his attitude, his mindset. He didn't just become a human, he became a servant. He went from the highest place to the lowest place. He went from the throne room of heaven to the dusty roads of earth, where he ministered for 33 years, serving others. And after that, he became a willing substitute for us on the cross. That's his phrenaeus, that's his attitude, that's his mindset, that's his essence. The son of God with nails in his hands, the king of kings with a crown of thorns on his head. The bright morning star with a Roman spear thrust into his side. That's the phroneos of God. 
And that's what we need to get. We want to be just like him in our discipleship, following him. So we need to be willing to act as servant, to humble ourselves, to let him increase and us decrease. We need to be able to say to people, follow him. So if we come to church and we live our lives forgetting that we need to decrease and Jesus needs to increase, I'm going to say nothing much is going to happen. Nobody gets saved when we lift ourselves up. Nobody gets healed when we lift ourselves up. Nobody gets strengthened when we lift ourselves up. Nobody's encouraged when we lift ourselves up. Nobody grows if we lift ourselves up. But if we lift Jesus up, if we glorify him, we praise him, we let him increase. All those things can happen. People grow. Our church grows. And we become the servants of the people around us. John 12, 32 says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to me. So lots of us here can testify to what happens when Jesus is lifted up, can't we? There are people here whose life is different, whose burdens are lighter, whose paths are brighter, whose song is sweeter, whose hope is stronger because of somebody lifting up the name of Jesus and inviting them into their lives. We know that to be true for those of us that know Jesus. And look, I want this church to grow. I want people to grow, but I want to grow by adopting the phreneos, the the attitude, the mindset, the essence of Jesus that we follow and model ourselves on. And in order to do that, we need to let him increase and us decrease. So I'm going to finish with a challenge that we all follow the example of John the Baptist by telling everyone we can about Jesus. And at every occasion, lifting him up. Let's agree to come to church and do all that we can to make sure that Jesus is increased and we decrease. Let's confound the worldly idea that the only direction is a constant upwards tra trajectory for ourselves. Let's just lift up the name of Jesus in everything we do. When we humble ourselves, the Bible says he will lift us up. And there's the essence of it right there. Let's humble ourselves and let Jesus lead us into a life of service and self-sacrifice, into a life where we decrease and the King of Kings increases. 
you know what? We are never going to be disappointed with that. Let's pray. Father God, we just praise you for your example. We praise you that we have a God that humbled themselves even to death on a cross so that we could have life. And we just ask you, Lord, for us to follow you more clearly and more closely and to lift your name up in every situation we find ourselves so that people see you and not us. And Lord, we know that you will bless us in that. You'll bless us in our personal growth and you'll bless our church. You'll bless this church family if we have that right attitude, that right phreneos with you. Lord, we humbly pray this in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. 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 Amen.